0: Welcome to Security Stories where we're going to discuss the good, the bad, and the lies that come with being a security guard. Warning, this episode is likely to have inappropriate language and discussions involving violence. Welcome to our 35th episode of Security Stories. We are starting a little bit late on the recording today. Uh, You'll be joining me on patrol, uh, which will be our 8th episode of On Patrol. I started the morning at a nice uh, 77 degrees. We've been getting a lot of rain recently. Uh, Definitely not enough rain, but uh, definitely a heck of a lot more we've gotten over the last couple months. And it has just flooded things out. Uh, It's destroyed some trees, destroyed signs, damaged some buildings, and kind of just getting like microbursts, high wind, a lot of rain all at once. Uh, It's not gentle rain, uh, so there's no time for landscape to kind of just react to it, absorb it. And we've even had a few areas where there have been broken windows. Um, It is setting off alarms all over the place. Power has gotten knocked out and that's just a whole host of issues uh for private businesses residents and whatnot and that's something you definitely want to look into when you have an alarm company or a uh, security company that responds to your alarms is that you know if we're responding does power outage affect your alarm panel is it hooked up to any kind of backup power and if not does it trigger all of your alarms and if that's the case do you have a way of contacting your alarm company Uh, because a lot of these uh, kinds of contracts uh, you get charged per visit even if it's like a partial visit and that could be um, an alarm goes off and you know they send out a technician or a security guard or whomever and the moment the person was dispatched your bill starts running Right, it's kind of like a kind like a meter on a cab so they're like they'll time it like okay employee has been dispatched so you got to pay the dispatcher you've got to pay uh, the person tracking the alarm you got to pay the person they are sending out and so the meter is ticking uh, sometimes other ones are just if they show up um, so employees will kind of just floor it to get over there which you know I've seen with some companies is somewhat dangerous as they are kind of flouting the speed limit Um, and then in other contracts uh, it's kind of based on mileage so like let's say it's 10 miles away you drove five miles and then they canceled the alarm and so you know you got halfway there uh, so there is a partial charge Uh, whereas if you get all the way there it's a full charge so yeah it just depends on what company you work for and kind of what contract you get negotiated uh, you know, but in that case, it's neither here nor there. Um, if you are one of those responders, you know, follow the speed limit, follow the rules of the road. If you get there, you get there, you're on the clock regardless, or at least you should be. Um, if you are responding to an alarm, not on the clock, I think that's a wage issue. Uh, that might not be legal. So, you know, look into that if that's happening to you. Uh, But Anyway, with all this weather, it's created another issue that I'm sure we've talked about in the past The displacement of homeless persons and so that has definitely happened Um, I have a wash area uh, that I'm gonna go check on in the next hour, I think and It is completely flooded. It's been flooded for the past week because rain just keeps hitting every night Um, Some of the trees have knocked down. I've seen some of them did not get all their stuff out uh, they did have law enforcement and social workers come and check on the people before the hard weather hit, and just kind of like, hey, you need to get out of there, you need to come to a shelter, you need to go to this place, that place. And they basically told the cops and the social workers to fuck off, and they probably could have pressed the issue, but it's a big city, they got a lot of stuff to deal with, there's no point in fighting these people on their way out, so they just decided not to, and so of course what ended up happening bad weather hit and it forced them all out Uh, some of them got all their stuff out really quickly some of them were away from their area uh, before the weather hit and so their tents and all their stuff just got washed away Uh, some of them like literally one had a tree fall on it and so i'm happy no one was inside but they're looking for new places to stay um it's kind of just going on all across areas of the city where they Are not normally seen because they all have their typical areas Um, some kind of travel about and go wherever uh, but some will religiously stick to their area they don't like to go anywhere else so we are kind of dealing with the fact that they are now displaced and just either they're looking for supplies they're looking for uh, food blankets new tents tarps uh, clothes And sometimes they go to places to get these items and sometimes they steal them. You know, it honestly just depends on the person. Uh, Like we found one the other day where they actually stole 18 shopping carts uh, from a local Ross. And that's kind of impressive in and of itself, the fact that these uh, shopping carts all had uh, anti-theft features on them, uh, such as a pole tip bar. Some of them even had uh, external screamer alarms on them. And I think I've mentioned screamer alarms before, Uh, but if I haven't, they are an alarm that once you take it out past the door, that little tower that you see, that sort of uh, sets off a little alarm if someone hasn't paid for something. Well, instead of just one beep, uh, the alarm keeps going. It's got a a little speaker on it, it's battery powered, uh, and it will go off for a while until it's disabled. And usually what you'll see when someone steals something is they will take a rock or they'll have some tools with them and they'll pry that thing open and remove the battery or just stomp it out until it just doesn't make sound anymore. Uh, I've seen them smack them against everything. You know, the ground, concrete, a wall, other people's cars. That's where you'll really piss people off. It's like, yeah, we know you just stole stuff and we didn't care about that, but you started throwing shit at my car. So, of course, people get angry. And these carts had uh, some screamer alarms uh, hidden on them on the undercarriage. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of neat. You know, they're they're just trying different ways to prevent theft and to alert people to things. Um, And when I say they, I mean store managers or some loss prevention employees. This is definitely not like Ross Regional, Ross Corporate. Their whole thing is so non-confrontational, but I will give them a little credit lately at a few of their stores, but this still feels more like more local involvement uh, rather than something that's coming down from corporate is doing their little rope thing where they are kind of metering traffic coming in and out. And so I've seen some of that at several of their stores. And for those ones, uh, I have noted a Marketed decrease in how many shopping carts are getting stolen. Now people are still walking out with armfuls of clothes and purses and whatnot, but you know, people are not stealing the carts. And that used to be a huge thing on several of our properties where you'd get on shift and your first like 20 minutes of the ship was documenting how many carts have been stolen from the store. Uh, and from our perspective, because they have the anti-theft bar. The tip bars, screamer alarms, anything that is outside of the store is a theft, and we can average. In this instance, uh, these shopping carts range between three and four hundred dollars. Uh, in my local area, you can order them for like three hundred and forty, and that 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 is a ridiculous amount, right? <laughs> so, if you go and find, you know, ten shopping carts, three hundred and forty each, you know, that really does add up, and. It makes people go, "How the hell is a shopping cart worth that much?" And it's a niche, it's a niche market. You know, there's only so many companies that make shopping carts, but all kinds of businesses have to have them. It's not like, "Oh, I need to go buy a ring of paper." You know, there's multiple companies that make that. There's multiple businesses that sell it, so the prices aren't insanely high. Shopping carts—they're high. Now, granted, most stores are ordering 50, 75, one hundred carts at a time, so they'll get a deal on it. But if you've got to replace a handful of cards because yours were stolen or damaged, it's expensive. And so on these properties, before they started doing these ropes, um, we'd go and find them. And they'd have anti-theft devices slung around them that are damaged, melted from uh, lighters or uh, torches. Um, You definitely see the spider wraps. Uh, It's an anti-theft device with cord that wraps around, uh, usually an electronic device. Uh, Those would be completely cut, or just some, you could actually see where they're frayed, so they were ripped apart. And you'd add all of that in, especially if you find price tags, because then it gives you an idea of what was stolen. But if not, um, you would add all this in, and you could add the cart to it. So the cart would be that $340 plus all the other items you found, and sometimes that would establish a felony for uh, police departments. You know, they go, "Oh, hey, you know, these this group pushed two shopping carts out of your store, and based on what we saw in the video footage, and based on what they saw from uh, the loss prevention guy up front, and based on what security found with all these price tags and hangers and devices." We estimate, you know, $700 worth of stuff stolen. Oh, hey, your shopping carts are worth $300 each. Well, hey, that's $1,300. There you go. There's your felony. Now, granted, that changes from state to state. Some states are, you know, grand theft, felony, $1,000 or more. Uh, Some states it's less, some states it's more. So it really just depends on your state or in your country in some instances. Uh, Give a little shout out to our listeners. Uh, We have them from America, Canada, Australia, Ireland, Malaysia, the United Kingdom, Singapore, Brazil, Trinidad, and Tobago. So thanks for listening. And uh, right now I am on my way to another site. Uh, Just kind of driving over there. And I just finished my second site of the day, so this will be my third one. And the first two, not bad. Uh, definite rain. Is that, oh yeah, there's another fallen tree. Thankfully, that one didn't hit the power lines next to it. Uh, but yeah, weather's a big thing. It hits, and it hits hard. And so we're just kinda going around, and this is gonna be a week-by-week week thing, depending on how hard the rain hits, um, checking on properties. You know, Is there water damage? Are power lines down? Are the lights still working? And that's that's going to be more our night side, guys. But, yeah, you, know, you just want to check to see what's broken, what's still working just fine. Does something need to be repaired? You know, was anybody injured? So on and so forth. Uh, we had one where technically not part of our property, but we still reported it uh, because a tree had fallen uh, into a bus stop. And the tree was technically off property. The bus stop is definitely off property but it was something a lot of patrons on that property utilized. They utilized the bus to get to that property. So it was good to know, hey, this is damaged. Let the property management know about it. Are they gonna do anything about it? No, it's something the city's gonna have to take care of. But hey, the storm was so bad, it damaged the bus stop that customers used to get to this property, so they actually did end up doing something, they got some landscapers out there to remove some of the debris before the city even got there. They didn't remove the tree, they wanted the city to see that part, but they moved, removed a lot of the debris from the rain and the wind. And they installed a uh, sunshade out there for uh, people to stand under, for when the bus still drops them off, and or when they're waiting for the bus, rather. And so that was nice, and they didn't have to do that. Uh, but they also knew that quite a few of their customers uh, showed up via the bus. So they put that out there. I'm just hoping somebody screws with it. Um, it's not a bad area, but at night people do. I, basically, I hope they just bring it in at night, but that's their decision. So we'll see what they do. And just kind of as we keep driving by, there's all these, all these signs they put up uh, over the last week. You know, all these caution signs and caution cones. There's some, some construction going on for the road, and all of that is all over the place. So, uh, thankfully, it looks like somebody has moved a bunch of it out of the road. When I first started, uh, some of it was in the road, so you kind of just had to bob and weave around it. And someone's pulled a lot of it off. I don't know if that was a city worker or if employees from these... Because it's, right, it's on a main road right next to it that travels along a lot of businesses so I imagine employees kind of pulled a lot of them off Uh, but hard to say okay and homeless guy just walking into the road like an idiot funny thing is there's a crosswalk uh, 30 feet ahead Um, but they'll just walk through like oh let let me walk in middle of traffic Um, part of it's like they don't care another part of it is they just don't want to wait and sometimes I wonder, after some interactions with some, if they're just hoping they get clipped. And this is probably a mixture of kind of macabre, but maybe they just don't care if they live or die. And the other one's like, oh, hey, maybe I'll get some money. And it's like, well, maybe. But, and then going back to that kind of dark human nature thing, um, you're a vagrant person, they just clipped you and there's a good chance they might just run. So, you know, hit and runs are not uncommon. They do happen. And it's unfortunate, but you know, you're probably going to get clipped and then someone runs. Now, some now you might get clipped and someone stops because there's of course the downside if you clip somebody and run, you just committed a crime. Now, if you clip somebody and you call the cops, maybe it's still a crime, but it's going to look a little more favorable on you if you stayed at the scene. Contacted, you know, 911, got an ambulance and freaking police out there to deal with the situation rather than you just took off. And they do find some of these people, you know, they do take off. Not all of them, but they do find quite a few, and usually that's uh, thanks to local citizens or intersection cameras. They'll get the make and model of your vehicle, maybe a license plate. Maybe some citizen sees you driving around. There's blood on your hood, or something's dented up front. And it matches the description, so someone reports it, and you know that does happen. And you know people uh, kind of discount uh, the necessity of citizens communicating with law enforcement, and it really like cops can't literally just investigate like like at some magic word. Oh, why don't the police just investigate? Investigating is literally communicating with the citizenry right now of course yes there's gonna be crime scene investigation you know collect fingerprints collect blood collect you know evidentiary items but a lot of what they do is just talking with people and they need to kind of basically gather a story if you will and you do that through witness statements right so someone could say oh hey it was a black sedan What's, what, what are the cops going to do with the description of black sedan? Do you have any black sedans? There are in every city across the planet. What, what is... it was a black sedan. That doesn't help. Now, you start getting some more details. Oh, it was a four-door black sedan. Okay, and one of the door panels was gray. It looks like it's been replaced or painted over. Oh, there's a dent on the front. Oh, it's got a window decal on the back. The decal was of a popular soccer team. Or, you know decal of a local college all these little things then it's like okay now we get oh hey we got a partial license plate the first you know, three are ABC whatever you know they really can't do anything because they are not everywhere okay they're not RoboCop so if you don't feed them information they just can't get stuff done which kind of leaves a little credence to the whole like don't snitch That there is some truth in that if the cops don't have enough info There's not a whole lot they can do and because they're not everywhere. They really do rely on the public and That's why it's so important to have a lot of trust and a lot of communication uh, Between the public and your law enforcement Um, And you'll see that into a very minor extent with security Uh, and and again this depends on where you're working I remember working uh, security at a university And, what the hell? okay, he's going off the property, not my problem. Uh, Vagrant male walking off the property. I'm actually on the property now, so just kind of doing my circles, checking uh, the parking lot. It's pretty full today, a lot of vehicles. Uh, People are already stealing shade in parking spaces that, well, they're not parking spaces. They're grabbing shade. (laughs) So that's creating some blockage as I'm traveling around. but yeah, it did security for a university, and they had an elementary school and junior high school cheerleading thing going on. And so you had little girls and boys of all ages, and some of them got lost. They got separated from their group, and all they saw was person dressed in security uniform, and they knew to run up to them for help. And so that is the kind of trust area, right? where if a kid knows, hey, this looks like a person who can help, whether that be a police officer, firefighter, EMT, security guard, teacher, somebody who looks like they're in charge of something, who looks like they are safe. So that's where that trust comes in. And I've seen that trust broken uh, for law enforcement and even for security companies where, because they all have different uniforms, right? If you're working security, you'll notice that there's more than a few places that operate with different uniforms. Uh, like right now, you know, if you what's, what's Allied wearing right now? There's just a mixture of like blue, white, or gray. Uh, but you know, just just for example's sake, let's say their uniform is like a gray top with black bottoms, and people know, hey, those guys are assholes. Don't trust them. They're not going to help you. But then you see another company that wears a yellow shirt. And tan slacks you know and then they're amazing they do a lot of communication people are like oh hey we've been to a lot of public events where these guys are and they do great as people see that when they're out in the public and it builds a reputation it really does um and there are all kinds of things that are noticeable right so like if you see somebody dressed in all brown you know the little uh, badge thing on their uh uniform like wait is that the ups guy Because people understand like iconography, they understand symbolism, right? So, certain colors, certain patterns, certain uh, symbols, and they're like, there's this person, there's this concept, this idea, and this is either a good thing or a bad thing. You start categorizing things based on what you understand of it. So, you know, if you know what your local police officer uniform looks like, which of course there's all the generic ones, we all know, your typical 1980s cop with the black slacks and the uh, powder baby blue t-shirt with a big old badge on it. Um, And now it's kind of gotten a little more tactical here and there. right? You got someone who's in all black or all tan or all dark green and they're wearing more kind of modern BDU style military uniforms but law enforcement all over it rather than camo. And you see that and you go, okay, that is a cop. And of course they've got their patches and they've got their insignia, maybe they still have a metal badge and you go, okay, that's obviously a cop, but you know what cops look like in your local area, right? So let's say you've got your local sheriff's department and their whole uniform is all this certain color of tan and you're like, oh, hey, I know that. You know, This is our cops, our area, our town, our county. And then you see someone who shows up like an all black and it's still police, but it's not your police. And so you recognize things like that. And it's the same thing with security, if you do it in like public venues, you know, so things like concerts and, you know, just anything that's really big public, maybe, uh, maybe a gem and mineral show, um, maybe a circus, maybe an ice skating show, maybe something with Disney or monster trucks, whatever. Any of these public, or Cirque du Soleil, you know. And they notice the same security company working at all these events and people go, oh, okay that is a bit of symbolism in the back of their mind. They go, oh, hey, it's that same security company. Oh, hey, I've had a positive experience with them. I know these guys, and do they actually know you? No, but they know the colors, they know the uniform style, and they go, hey, these guys have always been really cool. These guys have always been really understanding when we have a problem. These guys have helped us when I got lost or I couldn't find something or I needed information, and they go, these guys, I feel safe at this venue. I feel happy being here. These guys are great. And then you go to another one. And it's guys dressed in a different uniform. And so you're like, oh, I don't know these guys. Well, whatever, I'm here to have fun. And then one of the first one of them is a dick to you. And that just kind of goes, sets you off. Then you have another interaction with them. And that guy's just being a jerk. And all of a sudden it changes their perception. They're just like, you know what? I don't like this company. I don't like venues that they're at. I don't want to go to venues that they're at. And people really do think stuff like that they're like oh man I'd really love to go to that show but I know that venue and I know what company they use and I don't like that company and people actually do that it could be a great show maybe you want to go see you know a great singer or a great artist or you know just any kind of musician and people go man I'd really love to go to that but I hate that venue I don't like the way the venue is and I really hate the security company they hire and that is definitely a real thing, and people who just people will do that. They'll be like, I, "I love that show. I love that artist," but no, not that venue, not that security company. It is absolutely a thing, and I have finally found parking. God, it is busy here today. But right, we're gonna go and do our checks. It's nice and sunny out right now. Uh, we started the day at 77. It's 88, uh, so it has definitely risen in the last few hours and it is going to be over 100 today for sure. So, we're just going to go and do our checks and see what we find. So, completed our checks, and everything's fine here right now, just really busy. Uh, I got to talking With one of the loss prevention employees and one of their regular LPs uh, someone who feeds me information Um, he's really polite um, very polite to all the customers and even polite yet uh, I guess kind of snarky to like shoplifters and stuff Um, I'm sure maybe you've heard of the phrase kill them with kindness he's really good at that um, kind of an aggressive positivity aggressive customer service you might have heard before and kind of what that is is you just you're killing him with customer service how can I help you can we get that for you would you like a cart blah, blah 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 and he's really good at that right and he doesn't do it to everybody obviously this is a targeted tactic uh, you'll see in some stores where they try to deter shoplifters and other illegal activity And it does work on quite a few people because then the person who's trying to take something or whatever else they're trying to do realizes they're constantly being watched. And then they start to get jittery and look around. It's like, oh, crap, there's security cameras. Oh, crap, there's a security guard. There's loss prevention watching me. There's the cashiers who are all watching me. Everybody's watching me. And so you know, that does deter some theft. If people think they're not being observed, I think the staff is lazy, or if they're just understaffed, if they're too busy to observe what you're doing, oh, heck yeah, they're going to go take everything. But he was really good at just kind of that aggressive customer service and positivity. And it kept some away. Now, of course, you know, the more hardened, the more uh, determined, they're going to do it anyway, whatever. Um,. So anyway, got told that a shoplifter came in, a customer observed what he was doing, and the customer was just watching the shoplifter. And I don't know if they took out their phone and started recording, or if they called the police, or, or what sparked this altercation, uh, but the shoplifter pulled a knife on the customer observing them. And that immediately makes it a threat and it immediately upgrades the theft to robbery and you know depending jurisdictions and whatnot Uh, but as a loss prevention employee he put himself in between the customer and the armed shoplifter and even shoved the shoplifter out of the store and got him away from the store now the shoplifter did steal stuff did commit robbery um, but They ended up firing the loss prevention employee uh, for protecting the customer and for getting rid of the shoplifter. And that is something you will see uh, with retail stores. They don't care about you. They really don't. They they can do this whole, we're a family and everything's about, the, the business is like a family and we're all here for each other. They don't give a fuck about you at all. And that store was paying, well, their loss prevention gets paid more than minimum wage, but... The majority of the employees who work there, minimum wage. They do not give a fuck about you. They don't care if you just rescued a child and got rid of an active shooter and whatever. They will fire you. And I've seen this you know, at Circle K. I've seen this at Target, Walmart, uh, Factory to You, Ulta Beauty, Raw Stress for Less, CVS, Walgreens. Um, all these places various various businesses and they will fire you even if you're protecting somebody and the best thing you can do is just you know what that's cool it's just freaking whatever business they're a dime a dozen I'll go get hired somewhere else you know it is not a big deal and it's just unfortunate Um, and I found out you know some of the customers were very appreciative they loved what he did obviously um, apparently, the customer who was defended uh, is going to be calling corporate to complain. Not that it'll really do anything, in my opinion, but hey, at the very least, that's nice of her. Um, I'd tell him to come work security, honestly, or hey, maybe he wants to go uh, work for law enforcement. I don't know. He was good at loss prevention. Uh, so, yeah, I, mean, I, I would have him come over security. I actually tried to get him to come work for uh, us when we were hiring for a little while. Uh, we've already filled all our slots now. And he, we were paying more, so I'm not sure why. Some people get comfortable where they're at. Maybe he actually liked what he was doing. I don't know. But, yeah, he just he stayed there, and I don't know where he went. No one's had any contact with him since, and that's unfortunate. But Their current LP, um, he doesn't kill them with kindness, uh, but he does kind of kill them with sternness. Uh, he does observe and he does watch and he will kind of give you that glare that's just like I am watching you and if he thinks you're going to do something he's on you about it but he does not kill people with kindness and I think there's a nice balance between both having both of them there was a really good thing uh, some of their other employees who do LP work uh, they're either too new at it they haven't gained enough experience or they just don't actually care enough about it to actually do it and you know what That that's okay you know if it's I mean, you are getting paid to do a job. So, I expect you to, you know, at least on my expectations of anyone, I expect you to do your job. But, hey, if you're just in it for the paycheck, you're just in it for the paycheck, and there's nothing wrong with that, you don't have to go above and beyond and do all that extra stuff. You know? And, I, you know, what, what's that new phrase? Act your wage? Yeah, act your wage. You know, if they're not paying you enough to go above and beyond, then, you know, don't do it. But... Yeah, that's the news out of that place, and that's unfortunate. Um, It does mean one less information source for me, and that does happen. Uh, But I'm taking off from this site, and we're going to head off to the next one. And it seems like all is quiet. We'll go drive off to the next one now. Let's see here. There are, um, and this actually, as I'm leaving, um, there is a, a vacant property. Uh, next to us adjacent to this one and it's fenced off and they've got uh, plywood over a bunch of the windows where the windows been broken before and I don't remember how long it's been vacant but it has been quite some time and even though it's fenced off now uh, you can see where they cut a large hole in the fence and there's vagrant activity inside the fence Um, now I can suspect that those ones there are the ones who did the damage but I have no authority whatsoever for that property, so I'm going to make a note of it, and maybe this property owner can reach out to them and be like, "Hey, this is what our guy saw," because you know, even even if I called, I have no trespass authority over there. I don't even know who the property management for that property is, so I have no way of communicating uh, any of their needs and wants on behalf of. Property owner to law enforcement, and I'm not seeing anything that's directly illegal. I can have my suspicions, but there's nothing directly illegal going on, so calling law enforcement would be kind of a moot point, wouldn't really accomplish much, unfortunately. So it's just something you have to know. I did take some photos from a distance, like, hey, this is what I'm seeing, this is what's going on, time and place, and you know, supervisor will handle it from. So, you know, sometimes you'll see stuff like that, and there's not really anything you can actually do about it. It's not your property, it's not your jurisdiction, you're not getting paid for it. So, you just kind of observe it, report it, and carry on. on the next site and happy to say the landscapers are here Uh, they're cleaning out a lot of the debris and stuff from the rain and all the other bad weather Uh, but they're also cleaning out evidence of homeless activity Uh, discarded clothes uh, improvised encampments damaged shopping carts, things like that Um, they're going through also like raking all the dirt and gravel making it look nice again going over and painting over graffiti. So, love to see that when it's here. And, you know, hopefully they'll be here for a little while because the amount of noise they make uh, usually keeps the local vagrants cleared off the property for a while. Uh, We're gonna go and check on the rear of the building and see what we can find. Uh, So, nothing new back here. Lots of graffiti, trash. Uh, evidence of burning and evidence of foil smoking Uh, this is where they take aluminum foil crush up pills heroin whatever and smoke it and so looks like we've had some new activity back here a lot of this does not get cleaned up um, at least on this property Uh, the property owner kind of just got tired of paying somebody so instead of doing it on a weekly basis now they do it if we're lucky maybe every month or two but that's just an, you know, what it is they don't always want to keep spending money if someone's gonna keep trashing it so they'll keep the front they keep all the front areas where the customers normally go nice and tidy uh, but the back of the building yeah they'll kind of let it go to shit for a while or until something's really damaged and it's unfortunate, but I, I get it. you know sometimes it's just a cost issue. Like why would they keep repairing something that someone's gonna trash? but they could also mitigate that by hiring more long-term security. Uh, we're not on this site for any huge length of time, so you know a few times a day, an hour or two at a time. And so once they see us, they kind of t- most of them take off. We'll get out of here. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Sometimes they just, they don't want to pay for it. So we'll deal with it as best we can while we're here, but we can only do so much, unfortunately. Uh, but now we'll go on and check all of the loading docks on this site. Uh, sometimes they will hide with the old trash compactors or in the dumpster areas. And this area's got quite a few vacant stores. Uh, So that's pretty much why they hang out here And so we'll go check the back areas and see if they're sleeping or camping out whatever and just ask them to move along Yep, and sure enough we got a guy uh, sleeping in the loading dock over here Uh, I'm gonna go take care of him Okay, so we got him off the property, Um, he was not violent, just sleeping in the shade, and it's a bad spot to sleep, quite honestly. Um, I've never seen it personally, but I have heard of it happening where a vagrant person gets run over by a semi, you know, they're bringing in freight to all these various businesses and, you know, if somebody's down there, uh, sometimes the truck driver just can't see them. And, you know, I've, I've never seen it, but I've heard of incidents like it happening. And it's unfortunate, definitely unfortunate. The guy's just there trying to grab some shade, get some sleep. I get it, you know. And, it's, you know, you just, just got to make sure you check. And, some, you know, sometimes the uh, truck drivers do check. They'll do a check before they pull in, or the employees will. Uh, but sometimes it just doesn't happen. You know, people make mistakes. And... It's just something you want to, it can be a little sketchy sometimes, you know, when you're checking loading dock, especially, you know, if it's really early in the morning or late at night, um, you know, you want to be careful about it. Make sure you're using your flashlight. Uh, In this case, I didn't even have to go down into the loading dock. Uh, It has a little half wall. So I kind of just peek over it, you know, took a few photos just in case the person becomes violent after I start talking to them or waking them up you always want to take photos before you wake them up you know, or take a video that way in case something goes south, you know, you have a good photo of what they look like uh, to get the cops rather than just your kind of panicked stress induced, uh, adrenaline fuel description where you might not remember details as they are. So taking that photo can be a great way to help you out, uh, help the cops out, you know, just a safer way to handle things and if you can handle things at a distance and that's all I did was just like hey sir good morning the guy woke up me after that I'm like hey man we got trucks coming in they're gonna pulling in freight to the loading dock here we don't want you to get hit and he's like alright I'm sorry my bad and he goes and takes off no big deal didn't require a whole trespassing thing you know no level of force needed just verbal communication and kept myself at a distance because you never know stuff happens and he's at a distance you're at a distance and that's usually the best way for verbal communication Uh, sometimes when you are right up on someone communicating they can take it as a threat Uh, especially if they see that you're armed with all kinds of stuff maybe baton taser pepper spray handcuffs maybe you got a you know ballistic vest on or a stab vest and hey maybe you're even doing fully armed security and you've got a gun you know they might take it as a threat treat you as a threat uh, so if you give yourself a little distance you know give yourself yourself good 10 feet maybe more if you can communicate with that person um, and if you feel sketched out yeah back off make sure you have your photo and you know call something in back calling backup, up calling law enforcement You know, let them know that you told the guy to leave that he's not leaving acting erratically whatever it is that they're doing um, In regards to the uh, uh, paraphernalia I found, the uh, burned aluminum where they are doing foil smoking. Uh, Is it this guy's? I don't know. I don't think so, actually. Let's move around here. It looks like landscaping's trying to get through, so we'll go the other way. Try not to inconvenience your maintenance people if you can. They're here to do a job, you're here to do a job and it's great if you can have a good working relationship together, Um, if not, you know, that just makes things difficult. They start doing reports on you, and I can tell you, uh, property management likes their maintenance people more than they like you, even if uh, they've hired you. It's just the way it is. They just don't like you very much, unfortunately. I mean, they hired you to go do a job for them, it's not the same thing so maintenance is fixing things for them taking care of things for them handling things for them on a day-to-day basis and uh, you're not you're, you're showing up to handle random issues uh, especially if you're not here full-time but, yeah, we're gonna go check Get this area out to this. Well, it looks like he left a few things behind, mostly some change. Um, she might, you know, Some people will pick up. I actually don't, because uh, I don't know what they've been touching and what they've been doing. So I don't pick up their change. Um, what I did find here, though, was a 32-caliber pistol cartridge. Uh, and the bullet for the cartridge has been uh, seated in very deeply to the shell casing and that would make it incredibly unsafe to shoot. Uh, So I don't know if he just found that or maybe he was actually armed. Uh, It's possible. There's more than a few uh, homeless persons I have seen who have a gun. So I don't know if this is actually his if it was just sitting there where he found it, or if he's armed at all, Uh, but that's another good reason to kind of just back off, you know, make sure you handle things at a distance, be polite, because, you know, once shots start going off, things are, things are not good, definitely not good, definitely not going in your favor. Um, so I'm going to have to figure out how I want to report this, um, yeah, we'll probably just do it as a not really an incident report more like an event report it's like hey i located this after i kicked someone off the property so i'll get off and do that now so yeah we got that uh, reported in um pretty much uh it kind of handles what the property owner wants to do about it i don't see a point in this to law enforcement it's not like I found a firearm Um, I have found spent shell casings you know shotgun hulls things like that in the past uh, because people will dispose of stuff like that in the trash and random dumpsters for some reason and in this case you know it could be just that someone was disposing of something and it just happened to make its way over there uh, there's no signs of any actual criminal activity. We don't know if it belonged to the vagrant male. And calling the cops out for one you know, damaged pistol cartridge, that's just pointless. So uh, we'll dispose of it. They're made aware of it. If we see the guy in the future, maybe we'll be just as cautious because we don't know for sure. There we go. But yeah, that's how we'll handle it. And you know, your company might have a different policy on how you handle stuff like that, or maybe it's a case-by-case basis. Uh, if I had found an actual firearm, that would definitely be a 911 call. Like, hey, we found a firearm. We're gonna stand by until you get here. And I've actually had that happen once. Um, I was working in a pretty bad area and doing my patrols, checking dumpsters and whatnot, and saw a pistol grip. Uh, out from under a dumpster, and we basically, uh, once, co- once the cops got there, we tipped the dumpster up slightly so the officers could remove the pistol. And uh, yeah, it was a functioning nine uh, millimeter. And well, not functioning anymore. The uh, dumpster. I mean, we assume. We don't know for sure. We assume that the pistol was there, and that maybe it had been stashed there, maybe it had been ditched there. Uh, but whenever the trash was taken out, because the dumpster was empty, uh, the dumpster got set back down, and it kind of crushed the pistol. Uh, so, don't know if it would function. Uh, but there was definitely uh, some cracks in it, a lot of a lot of scuffed up metal. Um, so who knows? Uh, it didn't look like any name brand firearm that I was familiar with. That as I recall, so. Who knows? Maybe it was a Saturday night special kind of gun. Though usually those aren't 9mm. Though maybe that's changed in recent years. But yeah, have found a gun before. Uh, you know, find knives, find drug paraphernalia, all kinds of random stuff. Uh, I even found some lab equipment once. That was weird. Uh, and Not like meth related, just I think someone <laughs> threw out a bunch of uh, science equipment for a chemistry lab. Man, there was a lot of it. So that was interesting. But yeah, you'll find really weird stuff sometimes just on the job. And you know, don't freak out. And always remember, like, you know, put your gloves on. Don't just touch stuff. Especially if you think it's been involved in a crime, definitely don't fucking touch it. Like if it's in a you know, if you find a gun, don't touch it. Maybe there's fingerprints on it. Maybe the cops want to do something with it. Don't touch it. Don't be a dumbass. And I, I say that. You know, not to be mean, but I've known guys who have done stuff like that and have royally pissed the cops off. Because hey, why the hell did you touch the like? You called this into us, then why did you touch it? And the guys like, oh, I, I don't know, just checking it out, I guess. And yeah, it's a great excuse to tell the cops, but. Yeah, you know, if you find stuff like that, don't touch it. If you think it's, you know, homeless persons have touched it or, uh, drug, you know, drug users have touched it, don't touch it, okay? If you don't want what they got, you don't want to accidentally get pricked. I've known a guy that that's happened to. He's gotten pricked with a needle by accident. Thankfully, he was fine, but you never know. You never know what it has in it or what it's infected with, so just don't touch stuff. Looks like this is where this episode is going to end. Um, I have a significantly larger amount of paperwork to do than I thought I was going to have to. Uh, turns out property management is being a bit of a stickler on this issue. So I will hit you up next time on another episode of Security Stories. Maybe some more on Patrol, some more video review. But as always, stay safe out there.